Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Jaime Landeros. Back with episode 302. We have a lot to cover. World Cup qualifiers, third match, Liga MX, and uh, the League's Cup that just ended right now. Heartbreaking loss for Santos. Get eliminated by Rui Diaz and the Seattle Sounders. So the gap is closing. But before I go any further, let me welcome... My comrade, Joel. Joel, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm doing good. I've been fighting the good fight for Professor Buse, who's uh, is under attack. Yes, yes. He's under attack by the Chillarmanos, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about that. <laughs> and and but yeah, it's it's interesting seeing how. How like just foot football, you know how how it's changing a bit, and, and sometimes we don't see it, you know. Sometimes it's obvious. So like we're seeing Barcelona right now. Oh Shadow boy! What they used to be, no more Messi, getting smacked around at home by Bayern. You know, so that's that's sort of like you see some of these big teams fall. They have to rebuild themselves. They are a shadow of a former club. I think like <clears throat> them and Chivas have something in common right now. They're just broke, don't have any money. <laughs> and uh, it's exactly yes, it's crazy. It's crazy to see like you know last year you had Messi, you had you know Griezmann. At one point you had you know Luis Suarez. Coutinho, Neymar. Neymar. Now they uh, <laughs> they lined up with like Luke De Jong and uh, Memphis, <laughs> aka Meat Pie DePay. Um, <laughs> he had a spell at Manchester United, and uh, it didn't really go well for for Memphis DePay, and they started calling him Meat Pie because I guess he was eating a lot of meat pies. He was getting a little little thick, so. <laughs> That nickname's always stuck around for me. I just thought it was funny. But um, we had some World Cup qualifiers in between our last episode. Um, I remember Cheekies predicted that we were going to beat Panama. Unfortunately, our uh, two-game winning streak ended just there at two games. Panama scored early in the 28th minute. And Tecatito got us out of trouble in the 76th minute which leaves Mexico with seven points top of the World Cup qualifiers in CONCACAF. And uh, we were looking forward to seeing Honduras beat USA. They were up 1-0, but I got to give credit to the States. They came back in the second half. Ricardo Pepe, the player that decided to choose the United States over Mexico, was a big influencer in that game. And USA flipped the script 1-4-1. And uh, that puts them in third position. So, no memes for the USA team, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know, when when qualifiers started, the whole talk was on will Tata survive? And of course, it, it was the media pushing this narrative of he lost the plot and he, you know, selection is going nowhere because they lost two finals. But but they've been on the right track. 
and I think uh, I think they could stay, you know, stay the course and maintain, stay as leaders of of in of the qualifiers. If not, and and in, in the in the case they don't, I, I still feel that they will not go through any hardships. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It's not pretty, but we're getting the results, and that's all that and matters in the end. No one's ever going to think about, oh, did you remember that World Cup qualifier in you know, 2020? Mexico played like shit. Like, No, no one's ever going to remember that. Everyone's going to remember the World Cup that we got into in Qatar. And and that's what ends up – like, you, you just want to qualify. You want to win at all costs. And, uh, yeah, winning two out of the three matches – um, considering the fact that two of them were on the road, I mean, those are some pretty good. Those are those are some pretty good results. Seven points, you're on top, and uh, I think they can breathe a little bit easily now. Yes, yes, they can. And Tata, you know, I think, I think he's he's. I don't know why why his whole continuation was put in doubt because he's been fairly consistent, and if you compare him to previous processes he's he's up there you know it's not like it's the team was a disaster um then for the u.s I, I do we do have to give them massive credit they started you know bad everyone was expecting them to be like a runaway truck and just smash through the whole competition uh but it was the opposite and they started off pretty bad and everyone was like you know, U.S. fans were already forgotten those Mexico wins, and they were up in arms. They wanted Bear Halter out, and and what makes their win massive was they they went into Honduras with missing a lot of key players, like three or four. Yep. And uh, yeah, and they they pulled out a massive win, and and for Honduras, you you have to see this is this is where the Central American teams have. Sort of like they shoot themselves in the foot because these are the type of games that they shouldn't be losing, you know. And so it must be very disheartening for a Catracho side to get their asses handed to them like that uh, by a very young U.S. team. As you said, Pepe came in and he's 18 years old, and he just smacked them around. Um, so that's that's and like you said, it puts U.S. in third, Mexico first, Canada in second. So the the three teams that will be hosting in 2026 right now, leading the group, uh, leading the I mean the, the qualifiers. But I I think um I think with that win, it's sort of like I guess it gives that I, I there was I wanted to give an example because you see the fans that were like talking all this mad shit all of a sudden over two games. <laughs> so this 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 guy had been, you know, um, pretty much they didn't want him. A lot of the fans wanted Tata, and they, they felt they needed someone better. Mm. Uh, I felt him winning those Leagues Cup and Gold Cup. I felt it was like he's doing he's doing he's on the right path. And so the qualifiers start, and it's two games in, and it's like, see, he sucks, you know. Uh, we knew it; he sucks. And but now he wins this one game, and they're in third, and now it's like comfort. And now it's like, uh, I, I guess people are still gonna be skeptical, but 
But imagine if some other coach had come in and it gets the exact same result. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they kept him and he got that big win. But if they could have fired him and and the other coach would have probably not changed anything and got in that massive win, and that guy would have been stuck with that whole like stigma, this whole thing that he didn't know what he was doing. And so we see that happen a lot. Uh, it's happening to our boy Nacho in Spain. Oh boy! And it's sad to see the Mexican media jumping on this. Um, yeah. So he he won his first. He has five games mm-hmm. with uh, Huesca, I think. Is Huesca. Team. Yep. He has five games. He won the first two. He won the first and two. The last. Yep. Yeah, and the last three they have been defeats. In and already it's like, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, they wanna they want him out, and it's like. I doubt after three games that are, you know, but but that's just how the media is here. They like to, they feed off of that negative stuff. Uh, but it's, it's, to me, I find it sad. Instead of like seeing some support, it's the opposite, man. They're like, they saw that dude fall and they just run in to get some kicks in. I got a bone to pick with uh, Medio Tiempo and uh, was it Record? It was probably a Record because they're trash. Like, you know, they post this article, you know, saying that, oh, the, they're already asking for his resignation. And, you know, you click on the on the link to the article and they're literally like quoting like a Twitter response that has no likes <laughs> from just like a random, you know, Twitter account. Like you can't be like making those kind of headlines. And then it's just like somebody trolling in the co- – that's like if I went on Twitter right now and said something and then they're using my quote as like this is official, you know, like the fans that have spoken. Like, no, I'm just some guy trolling online. And again, most people won't do that. Most people won't check or follow up. They read the headline and then that's it. Yeah, that's they move it. On and they take it as that. And it's 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 pretty sad. <laughs> It's pretty sad, but I think, you know, I think Nacho, he's not hes not a bad coach. People can't already say that. He doesn't know what he's doing. He spent a long time in Spain with Aguirre, with um, Osasuna. Atletico de Madrid and Osasuna. Mm-hmm. He's been in Liga MX. He's been around. He's had really good coaches. He knows, um, he knows what's up, but... People can say, oh, because he's Liga MX. That's another argument I've heard. Oh, that like now he's in La Liga and he sucks. And again, that's even that I wouldn't, I don't buy into that. I've seen many Spanish coaches come to Liga MX and and not do anything. Uh, we've all seen it, not just from, from La Liga, but from other leagues come in and, and choke. So a lot of times it's not just the league. It's, it's the team you got. It's so many things that you have to factor in. It could be, is the locker room a mess, you know? You know, are the players getting along? Did did you lose your best players or are they injured? This is it's always uh, so many things that could go wrong. And and I, I find that it's just become easy to just blame the coach. Like, oh, he's not doing the right lineup or he's not doing this. But th- there's like this whole laundry list of, of things going on that of course they're not going to tell you that, you know, teams are not going to reveal like what, what could be their weaknesses. Yeah. My only thing, my only issue with, you know, 
this experiment with Nacho Ambriz's like, look, man, he's not just a scrub. Like, this guy, like you mentioned, has European experience as an assistant coach. He was manager of the year in Liga Mekis for two consecutive, like, seasons. And, you know, he won a Champions League with America. And he won a league with Leon. I mean, this guy should not be peddling in the second division of Spain. Like, this, <laughs> and, and I'm just like, you know, and, and, you know, now he's off to, like, a rough start or whatever. And it's just like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, he could have just stayed in Mexico or he could have, you know, done something better in his career. And I feel like he took a really step down. Yeah. Well, well I mean, it's, I agree with you. He shouldn't. But if you want to be in Europe, you have to pay the dues. And I think it's been very little Mexican coaches that have taken that risk. Aguirre is the only one for many years. And so for Nacho to be doing it, you know, if, if he does well, he helps open that door. But, at, at, you know, at the end of the day, you need more coaches to take those risks. And we see um, Gonzo, I mean, in, he's, he's, in, uh, he's in MLS, but still, he, I'm pretty sure he's going to, he'll probably try something like that down the line, you know. I, I could see him making that move. I feel like this might turn into like a Bob Bradley situation. You know, he finally coached in the Prem League and they pulled him like within, I don't know, like he only played, he only, <laughs> he only coached like maybe like like a handful of games before he got fired. So, yeah, well, I mean, but Prem League, but I think like, like, like I mean, Gonzo, I would, you know, uh, and I would say he could do like a nacho where he's going to second division. <clears throat> yeah yeah so kind of wrap up the the mexico qualifier thing um yeah i mean everything looks good we had talked about in the past in the last episode how you know it makes sense you mexico canada and usa they're gonna you know everything's gonna be done in their power to to make it to this one uh to prove legitimacy that you know the, this country north america is growing as, as a footballing nation and they are ready to host in 2026 and i think like Mexico, Canada, and USA are, are going to make, you know, Qatar. I, I think that that's pretty much what's going to happen. That fourth spot is up for grabs. I was really disappointed with with Honduras. I really thought they could they could win at home. <laughs> um, you know, in Panama, I mean, right now they're they're the only other uh, they're the only Central American team that won. That's crazy. Costa Rica, yeah, Honduras, El Salvador, nothing, man, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Panama's been a team that, you know, as we've mentioned it here, their connections with, with the Colombian League and bringing in coaches and all that. Mm-hmm. And then the country, because they were, you know, baseball country. I don't know if they're still baseball country, but they really embraced yeah. football and, and they've they've kept at it. And that's that's one of the things, you know, that they've been producing good enough players and and they've they've been able to maintain a level of consistency that teams like 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 uh, Guatemala and El Salvador they just can't either you know they, they've been at it longer and they just can't get there anymore I don't know what happened to them I don't know they're not eating their Wheaties I don't they know what's get back. going on they gotta bring back Pescaito Reese from uh, retirement they- <laughs> Yeah, well, see, look, Guate is a team that's never qualified to a World Cup. 
Wow. Commodore's been to two World Cups, 1972. They got that smackdown from Hungary. That I don't, I don't think Hungary qualified after that. I think they were like, okay, we've done enough. <laughs> it's like they both paid the iron price. Wow. Because um, they, they both disappeared. Um, but, but that's it. You haven't heard from those teams. And then you've had, of course, like Honduras and Costa Rica. And, and Costa Rica had that, you know, really good generation of talent. Yep. They had it for a while, but, but their 2014 team was the one that really, really impressed. And, like, you know, they failed, they failed to build on that. And it's, it's, it's difficult, you know. It's not that easy to, to stay the course. So I don't know what's going on over there because I haven't kept tabs on, on their teams, you know, I, to to be to get a good a good glimpse of like why, you know, why they're why they're doing um, they're performing underperforming I should say for, you know. Am I the, all right, this might sound crazy, but I don't think Kamika's out of it anytime soon. They didn't get to get their players released from the Premier League, you know, and from from a lot of parts of Europe. So they haven't really been able to play with their best side. And I would still not underestimate Jamaica, even though they're in dead last. Um, I mean, there's five, there's four teams with two, you know, it's like really not that, like a win could put them back into yeah. contention, you know. So I would not, I mean, there's a lot of games. There's eight teams instead of six in this qualifier. So there's two more extra games that you know teams have to play. So it's going to be a total of 14 games. That's a lot. That, that's, there are a lot can happen between now and then. So. You're right, Jaime. You're right. I will not discount them. So Mexico will kick things back up next month. You know, it's, it's a lot sooner than we expected. Only a couple of weeks from now. They'll, they're going to play against Canada, Honduras, and El Salvador. Playing at home, Mexico playing at home. Mexico will be playing at home for the Canada game and the Honduras game, and then they'll finish and, and, in, in El Salvador. And I think we came to the consensus that they would be better off playing in an empty stadium. Oh yeah, that way, that way the, the fans don't turn on them ten minutes in. <laughs> Those like entertain uh, me. Save the Canadians from bags of urine and batteries being thrown at them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, like, ongoing, you know. Well, it did happen. And, I mean, it, it would happen not just the national team in league play. I would see it a lot. You know, player will go take a corner kick and they'll rain upon him, you know, cups of stuff. And it's like they really dump their... Their, uh, you know, their twelve dollar tall boy on that guy, you know, <laughs> that they, or that they refill it with something else, and and I haven't seen it in a while, but I haven't seen as much games as I used to. Uh-huh. But you would see like the police with the riot shields; they will go and and just stand behind the player. Wow! To, to shield them, so. This stuff that did happen, I don't know if it's happening. I didn't see those other games, but and I know you're referencing this article 
from the LA Times, they were talking about how difficult it could be playing in the road. Uh-huh. And in the end, the, the writer of the article caught a lot of heat because they were saying he was like, I, I don't know the word, man. I don't, uh, was it, I don't think it was racist or what was it? Thinly veiled? What, what, <laughs> I, I think it was a bit overboard, the mm-hmm. critique. Definitely. Yeah. Well, on, on the writer, I'm saying. Even though I, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he says, not on that article, on, on other stuff. But, yeah, I've seen stuff like that happen, uh, you know, and, and it has happened. And finally, to put a bow tie on the league, uh, Selección Mexicana, there is a image that's been uh, leaked and floating around. Oh. And it's uh looks like Mexico might get another escudo, might get another badge, another logo, and it doesn't look very good. Have you seen it? Yeah. With the it, eagle and the I mean, I thought someone did that on like MS Paint. <laughs> I know, me too. I thought, I thought it was like those mock logos, like, hey, this would look cool. Yeah. And I was seeing it and I was like, the concept is good, the execution is pretty bad, but I, I see the concept, I see it could probably work. But it's actually, supposedly, that's what the FMF submitted for copyright yeah. issues. And, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty amateur. It's like an eagle, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look like the Mexican eagle. Cause, yeah, you know, it looks the, like it's, like, from the, the Middle East. One, yeah, the current eagle on the Mexican flag looks like the Mexican eagle from the flag or the money mm-hmm. yeah this one it looks doesn't yeah if it was by itself you wouldn't you wouldn't think it's mexican and then is it on a ball it's on a ball yeah it's on a soccer ball it, it, yeah and then it's like it's a circular thing yeah and then the the circle around it sort of looks like the um the calendar yeah, like the calendar without the details, just yeah. like the. It kind of looks like a like a diez pesos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> the diez pesos coin simplified. The coin, yeah, the coin, just like the not even the inner, just the outer ring that's like gold. <laughs> there you go, the outer ring. It's yeah, no, I don't, I don't know whose idea that was. Here's my thing, like, look, and I, I can't even think of a nation that's won the World Cup that still has a soccer ball in their badge. Just, like, kill it off completely. Like, we don't need to put a soccer ball. Like, that's just, like, <laughs> that's, like, that's like uh, those tr- generic trophies that you get when you're, like, five years old. has, like, the soccer ball in it. I'm like, dude, like, this is, we're a, we're a, we're a grown team, man. It's like, just have, a, like, a cool original logo that, you know, ha- involves our culture, like, Aztec culture, Mayan culture, and all like, you know, it's like we have so much culture in Mexico, and it's just like there, you can turn this into like one of those like, like uh, volunteer projects, and you'll get way better entries than whoever made this one. Yeah, if you had, yeah, like had the fans, they should do a contest. You know, that would be the best way to to squash this. Yeah, it would. It would. And I agree with you. They don't. They don't need to. They don't need. They don't need to uh, do all that. Yeah. I wonder if it's been from the. I wonder if it's been like, 
like Nike or or whatever, like pressuring them. Could be just to do a, a different escudo for it to be more simplified because they've done that. Uh, we even have a there's even a video of like Ramon Ramirez talking about how why why Nike stopped doing the Chiwa shirt. And there was like disputes with the sponsors because like Nike had redone the soul logo. They simplified it. They just had the letters. They took out like the some of the colors and all that. And the soul was losing their shit. Mm. And they wanted they and but you know, little things like that. And sometimes they, they do stuff like that, I guess. I don't know how I they just, save money with I, these things. I know Mexico was sponsored by Levi's in seventy eight. And their badge was a lot different. It was pretty simple. Yeah, because they, they changed it. Um, I think they've changed it like three times. Mm. So yeah, like the, in the eighty-one, I don't know if it was like. I remember the older one. It was just like bigger. It looked very similar, but just a bit more bigger and clunkier. But I, I don't remember the first one though. I need to go back. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, do, I'll do a Google search. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, find like a history of the badge, but I can't I can't find it. But you I, could put history of the shirts and then mm, you, you could see them there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. And you see like the first Mex shirt was burgundy yep. and their shorts were, were like a navy or like a blue Blue shorts and the burgundy uh, top. Yep, that's right. Yeah, I think after the... And then in 1950, Brazil World Cup, they used... Um, I think it was the Gremio uniform. They used it for a match. Oh, and the Gremio uniform is green. striped. Blue blue and white stripes. Oh, okay. I, well, I hope I'm not getting the team wrong, but it's one with it's a stripes... And they had to use it because I think they were playing Poland and they had like very similar interesting color scheme. And so they used they used that. And um I think after that is when they went with let's just use the, the flag colors. Mm, okay. I would like to see that though, like uh like a retro one off. Yeah. That's striped, because they did use it for a World Cup game. So I would interesting. I would like a jersey like that, like, you know, one of those anniversary ones. Because I do have the burgundy one. Um, Atletica made, they made one. Cuando el tri usó playera de gremio en el mundial. Wow. That's so interesting. Unfortunately, the photo is in black and white, so I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what color it is. Yeah, you would have to search like history of Gremio and then just see if, wow. if they if they always had the same colors because you know sometimes teams they switch, like yeah, or or like change change the color scheme a bit. I think it was like, it remember, was blue and black stripes. Yeah, we all remember Puebla with that orange. Oh wow! Oh man, I don't know. There's a team that was bought. By uh, I think he was he was Asian, and their traditional colors were blue. And then he's like, "Well, I like dragons, and I like the color red." And they made them, 
they made them change their whole like logo and and jersey and everything. <laughs> it was so bad. He's killing dragons with fire. What's it? Would you prefer that, or would you prefer the owner that has his son playing? <laughs> Which one would you go with, man? Change the whole. I don't know, man. Or, or just let Fat Boy here get some minutes every game and wear the captain's armband. I think I'd rather deal with the son issue. Like, I remember Leano <laughs> for Tecos. He would play, yeah. he was trash. <laughs> He, I was gonna say he wasn't that bad, but no, <laughs> if, if, if it wasn't if it wasn't related, he, he probably wouldn't been. It was uh, as much. Cardiff City. That's the team. There we go. <laughs> Vincent Tan, yeah, hundred and fourteen year club. He just says, "I like dragons and red. Deal with it." <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care, dude. He, he didn't care, care, man. It makes sense, he's, though. You he's know? from China, dude. They have stuff that's like over five thousand years old. He, he, they have viejitos that are older than one hundred and fourteen. <laughs> like my nan is one twenty. He's like, look at his theory. He dragons. Well, speaking about old and boring. Let's talk about this Pumas Chivas game that happened on Sunday. Oh boy. <coughs> Liga Mekis action came back after the uh World Cup qualifiers and uh we had this game on Sunday, really random time, three, not the normal ten AM for Pumas. They played at three o'clock, no fans, and uh it was probably the worst game of the Jornada eight. No goals and some missed uh, chances from Chivas. And uh, another draw against the team with the uh, the worst offense. It's not looking good. Yeah. And, but Chivas' offense hasn't, you know, they suffered. First, they lost J.J. Mack. And then, and then Vega was injured at the qualifiers. Yep. So that... That put Chivas also in a tough spot. You know, they haven't quite, they haven't quite had any, for a long time, any luck with 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 strikers, with having very consistent That's you know, right. delanteros. And so it does hurt them to not have that. That's why, for me, I haven't been critical of Buse the way a lot of fans are. And I, I get it with the whole tactics and the whole how they play and whatnot, but. At the same time, we we just can't discount. This dude has not gotten one player to say, okay, he could put the Wusa stamp seal of approval. He hasn't gotten anything. They he's lost players. Yeah. And so I, I think I think people are being like overly harsh, but it's it's also not not just the, you know it's not just because of him or or to say like Belias or or um, a Maori. It's it's just how the league changed and and I know I said it this before but I was looking at the at the number of foreigners and if it was for last season mm-hmm. it was 183 Jesus 183 foreigners so before the the rules which is I think it's the 99 rule I think it is uh, so it allows the clubs to have like just unlimited foreigners but they could only have nine in the field or something like that Anyways, that opened the floodgates. Ones that came in, and so, so what? What that means? So, we, 
Yeah, I know like Tijuana used to be the biggest culprit of that rule because they would <laughs> they would never line up with Mexicans. There'd be like maybe two in the starting lineup. And I remember yeah, I, and I remember like I remember growing up as a kid, there was like that rule where you couldn't have more than like four on the field, right? Yeah. It was four and five. So I four think and five, you could have yeah. five, but I think in the FA you could only have four. Or it could have been the other way around, but yeah, in 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 uh, Mexico City it was I don't know if it was one less, but yeah, it was only like five foreigners, and but but see now, you know, before the rule it was like eighty, it would there would be like eighty extranjeros in the league, so now we see one hundred and eighty three, but then so it's like okay, that doesn't mean that. There's a hundred. There's um, a hundred and three extra players. That means that there's a hundred and three less Mexicans. Yeah. Because that's who they replace. They replace Spots. Mexican players. Yeah. Teams aren't just. They didn't just go from twenty three or twenty seven to close to forty players. They just got rid of all the. Which is why we saw. Um, why we saw these leagues pop up. Um, Liga de. I don't know. There was two or three leagues that popped up. Yeah. In Mexico, and that Liga de Balompié or something. Exactly, because they saw like, look at all these players that are going to be, you know, that all these clubs are going to be releasing them. We could, we could, up, you know, we could probably do something here, you know, and and that was a big, that was the reason for that. But so now, if you're Chivas. You're going to the Mercado de Piernas. It used to be like going to Costco and you could get deals and buy <laughs> in abundance. Now it's, but after the 103 are gone. Now you're at the grocery outlet trying to get something that's all about, about to expire. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're trying to shop for toilet paper during the, the COVID, the Rona scare. <laughs> you're not going to find it anywhere. You, you know, so it's, it's, that's what's been going on, and 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 you see Chivas, not just this season, but last, but like maybe the last three or four, where they they haven't been able to buy like talent. They got some with um, when Pelias came, and and they got some of the Necaxa guys and all yeah. that, and they they were like that that kind of small window open, but like overall, you've seen what well, we've seen them. Just struggling to buy players. Yeah, uh, I posted an article. It was a quote from Almeida, and this is from 2018. And his quote was, "Everyone, uh, todos se reforzaron mejor que nosotros," and that's been going on for a long time. And and we saw how it affected him too. And I'm just bringing Almeida because I know he's the guy that the Chivas hermanos respect. But even he was struggling with that. And he ended up two seasons where his last two seasons in league where he finished 15th and 17th. And yeah. that was a big thing. About we didn't it get too, into league. Yeah. Yep. He, he himself lost players and then they, they really couldn't bring him in anything. And, and that was, they were trying to split up the team when, you know, he won everything with them. He was starting to, they, yeah, they started and, and selling pieces. That's going to be a big problem and it's going to continue being the problem. Uh, Chivas is working on youth again. They sort of dropped the ball big time because at one point they had like the best youth academy. Now they don't. 
I don't know where they fall exactly, but I know they've been working pretty hard to bring it back to task. And that's the other Leaño, that's uh, Michelle, that's yep. been uh, working on that. that project. So, but that, it's youth. It could take four or five years. Because yeah. you're working with kids that are as young as 12 mm-hmm. to 14. So five years, that 14 is going to be 19-year-old and the 12-year-old is going to be 17. And if you were doing a good job and you've got some you know, some good talent, then you're going to start seeing it. It's going to, you know, resurface. So it's the long wait for Chivas. And then I I don't know, aside from that, because what's also hurting them is selling players. They haven't been able to sell anyone. Yeah, they've been loaning. They've been loaning. That was even my, one of my fights with, because all the trophy believers is like, Okay, if he's as good as you say, how come Liga MX teams are not lining yeah. up to take him? Everybody you know, knows that he was, he's a. He was put him on bargain bin with three markdowns on manager special, and and no one took him. No one would touch him. And Eheim is is a big thing because okay, you get trophies, or you could just go to Argentina or Chile and bring in someone, you know, a similar style player. <clears throat> With more, more that's more consistent that could probably, you know, you and pay his, less his wages. wages will be less too. Yeah, the, people people don't know high. like trophies was making a lot of money. <laughs> not a lot of people can like match that in Liga Mekis. Not even in the MLS in San Jose, you had to take a pay cut. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I I I'm a bit disappointed, man, because I was really hoping that him and even Wero Fierro would light up the league. I said at least equal what Google did, because because Google had really you know he he did really well for a while there, mm-hmm. and but none of these guys or have been able to uh, to do much. Or I think uh, once their loan is up, they they're probably going to be released and they'll probably end up in uh, Liga de Balompié or I don't know where they'll end up, Jaime. Yeah, I have no idea. But it's definitely a slippery slope for trophies. San Jose got him with a loan for, I think, 18 months with the option to buy at the end. I don't know if they're going to option that. I don't know if they're going to try and buy him at the end of his uh, his loan. Probably not. And uh, there's another rumor going around that Ricardo Pelas is working on bringing Matias back. How much of that do you uh, believe? I, zero. <laughs> 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 really? Hero. Yeah, that's promoter talk. Oh. Because, because he he's he said that they're restarting the project and that's where I knew that it's a bunch of BS. You know. Where that was the article that said that they're gonna kick kickstart the project and they want Matias there. Uh-huh. And that's sort of like saying, Okay, I don't believe I don't believe what Michelle is doing is going to bring us results and whatever plans I had, they didn't work. And I don't, I don't believe that. Um, I feel that Chivas is where they expected them to be. And especially with, with all the struggles that they're having. So even now with fans saying the team is trash, the team is trash. There are only five points from first place and four points from th- with, no, no, not first place because America's first place and they yeah, um, they got 20. They're five points from second place 
and four points from third place. And, and so that kind of shows you just how the league, the league I makes, just how tight it is. It's tightly fought. And again, that whole AA, 99, whatever rule, because then you do have the the Juarez's and the in the, the Atletico San Luis, some of these teams now they're able to reinforce themselves pretty good. Um, Atlas just got this this uh, Ecuadorian. I don't know if he's an Ecuadorian uh, national player, but mm. he was the first Ecuadorian to to go to the French league. Oh, I guess it didn't go too well for him, but Quinones should be. No, they just they brought him from France. Oh, okay. They just got him like a day or two ago. Oh, okay. But I mean, you're seeing these teams that that usually they will struggle to bring in players now. They're able to to be a bit more competitive because they could they could bring more players. So it's like a numbers game, you know. Like before, you brought three, four players; they were crap. You you continued bringing crap, but now you could bring ten players. Two of those are decent, and so now you're at least you're a bit stronger. And the, the other team, and if, ironically, they play Chivas. Pumas is the other team I feel is is um, having a hard time because yeah, you know, for being a quote unquote grande, they seem to have the budget of a of a Necaxa or <laughs> not, not even not even Tijuana budget. They seem to have a budget of a bottom of the table team because they don't really bring in you know good players they they try to like find you know a, a gem in the rough they they i don't know what's going on over there but i know that's been hurting them too now that that they're very similar to chivas because at one point pumas was the main cantera mm. that was that was mexico's cantera man you had all the big names coming out you know, Brody, Hugo, Suarez, just all these these big names. They were all yeah, all products products of Puma Sunam. And now it's like it's just a player every now and then. It's not nothing like what it used to be. And so I feel that that they're the one of the other teams that are also hurting from from this rule. Um, I think just more because of the whatever is. I don't know, man. They penny pinching over there and say, "Oh, man, we need to talk to a to a Puma hermano." And it's like, "What's what's going yeah, on?" Yeah, what is going the on, man? man. The, you know the joke. There, we all know the joke. The whole Regio Montanos are called those. You know, uh-huh. like you always hear how, and but it's it's the opposite because the Regio Montano teams are the ones spending the most money bringing in all these players. But it used to be like that. Oh, they got that steal money. Um, I found yeah, the player, like Anibal Chala. The <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Played for Toluca, loaned out to Dijon. It didn't work out for him. Now he's back. Oh, uh, well, there you go. So he's been in mix. But see, they're able to bring players like that. <laughs> so. For sure. So, you're saying that the chances of Matias returning to Chivas, it's all smoke. 
long, super long story short, I took a bunch of left turns. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think Pelias is is um, admitting defeat because, as I pointed out, five from second, four from third. I don't think he's throwing in the towel. I, I know there's been a big campaign just against Chivas to just make the team look bad. You know, I know there's a lot of outside sources that have always been wanting to, like, knock down the club, uh, even former socios and, and promoters and whatnot because they want to put their stake into the team, you know, have their people there. And so, I, I, yeah, I don't I – don't, and, and like I said here before, I, I think Pelaez would leave before Vuce. Unless it's a total breakdown, which we haven't really seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so unless there's a breakdown between both of them or the club just goes to complete like other shit where they're getting, you know, defeated 5-0. You know, they look like chickens with their heads cut off. Uh, unless it gets to that point, I don't think he's going to sack uh, Buse, who's pretty much, man. And and see, it's funny. You were talking about why, how... um. Nacho is in Spain, you know, taking these, uh, you know, just doing less. And it's same with Buse because this is a guy, he's he's won a lot of tournaments. He's well-known coach. And to be a Chivas, he has to, like, coach a team, like, with one arm tied behind his back. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, then, and, it's, and it's killing it's killing his. His image. This dude is known as the King Midas, and now he's, <laughs> he's, he's like, uh, I don't know what word to use, but there's a lot of bad words the fans would like to add to him. And it's like, did you do you really think he just forgot? He forgot how to play? You know, again, it's so much that we don't get to see. We so got we fool's gold. But... We didn't get King Midas. We got fool's gold. <laughs> there you go. We got the... Man, that's... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not discrediting. Cold-coated. Yeah. I mean, this guy is capable. He has a, you know, really impressive pedigree. And uh, we're just going to have to, I mean, this, this, I always, I already thought this season was dead on arrival for Chivas when when Pelaz decided to renew his contract. So, I mean, we just got to deal with this guy for a couple more months and and see what happens and see if uh, any of these rumors actually are true. When, and you know, I mean, the improvement has been there. It's just not the improvement the fans want. And it's not as good as they would like because Chivas went five seasons, straight seasons, without being able to qualify to Liguilla. That means they weren't finishing top eight. And so since he came in, they finished, uh, what what they finished? Eighth? When they went to semifinals, what what place were they in? Like seventh? I believe they were in seventh. Yeah, and they and then they qualified again when they lost in repechaje. But yeah, that's when the league screwed them over with the Alas because they should have finished in eighth. Yeah, they and finished. They uh, the bonus points. Vucetich took over after like four matches because Dena got fired, and that that was his uh, rookie season as coach for Chivas and we went to semis and then the and then in the clausura we went to ninth and then we lost in the repechaje but that one should have been eighth yeah yeah well considering right? atlas so, yeah and so he's kept them he's had them at least 
above tenth, where the team was in, you know, they were finishing eleventh, thirteenth, fifteenth, seventeenth. That already there is a slight improvement. It shows things are better than they were. Uh, but I, I, for fans, like you know, again, they want. You're looking at the doblete team from Almeida, and it's like, dude, you're. <laughs> it's not the, the same. So that. Dude, the chances of that happening, it's going to be slim. Yeah. Slim, just because, again, the rule changes and all of that. And all of those players came from Pachuca, man. I mean, up a group of Pachuca. That yeah. was like, that was like, I don't know what the deal had happened, but they sort of like, you know, because, I mean, they could just keep, keep the players between them, especially those, a lot of those guys who were um, national team players. Callito, um, what's that other Cota. guy? Drinks a lot. Uh, Guli. No, no, not Pulido. Pulido came from Tigre. No, I said Guli. Guli, yeah, Guli. There you go, it was him. And Cota was a national team, but he was, he was kind of there, but he, he did become, but no, Montes didn't didn't come to Chivas. Oh, that's right. They did want him, but no. But I mean, it's it's gonna be hard for that, you know. Yeah. For that to happen, um, I know. Like bringing in Antuna Pelaez got a lot of criticism, and he's become a national team player. And so, like, you could at least give him that win, man. He brought he brought in one player that's selection, and now there's like. Him and there's about two. It was three at one point. Macias, Vega, and, and Antuna. Antuna. Yeah. But we went we went through a long time with like zero. Yeah. Zero representation. So I mean, there's there's things there to show that the team's improving. And so yeah, that's why with fans is like, how, how do you want to throw everything away just because mm-hmm. it's not it's not easy, you know? It's it's not gonna be easy, and it's. It's uh, it's one of those. It's just gonna take some time to to see the results of what what they're trying to do. Yeah, I don't think anybody from 2018 came from Chivas. Um, the World Cup roster. I don't think Carlos Salcedo was with Chivas at that point, and uh, Marco Fabian either. So, yeah, I was like. One of the yeah, no active players. Yeah, they're players that had had been at yeah. Chivas, <laughs> but there was but yeah. no active. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna go over a few results around the league, and then I'll get to um, our last topic of the night. Puebla kicked things off for match week eight. They tied two two against Atlético San Luis. They are currently in 14th position, and San Luis. They're in ninth, tied on points with Chivas. León and Tigres tied as well to two. Uh, actually, sorry, that was the wrong click. Um, Juarez beat Cruz Azul 2-1. Wait, wait, what was wrong? They didn't tie? No, I was Leon looking at an and... older result. Oh, no, actually, no, that was right. León and Tigres tied 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, so, but we've seen just really quick there yeah. because we've had uh, – we had a Piojo, and he was 
for a while there, it looked like things were falling apart for him. But <laughs> I think he's managed to turn to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah, Tigers are in fourth with 13. Leon right there next to him with 15 points. As far as Juarez, that was a very big victory for them. Uh, they're still in last place. <laughs> Tuca got his win, though. But beating uh, Cruz Azul, yeah, it's kind of, a, kind of a shocker there. It's kind of a big deal. Well, I mean, they do have a good coach, you know, and, and that's some of the things that, you know, we forget sometimes where, where it's like some of these small teams, you know, just because uh, they're small teams and, and they don't have much, they probably won't have that big main player, but every now and then they'll have some of the things that could align with them and, and that'll be enough to to get them a win here and there. I mean, Tuca, I bet, knows the, all of the Liga MX teams like the back of his hand. Yeah. And a lot of those coaches, he knows them too, man. He's, he's played against them or seen them play. You, you know, can't, can't discount the old the old Tucan there. Yeah. And to be fair, you know, Juarez doesn't really have much of a of a squad. <laughs> so, I mean, he's, it's impressive, you know. Um, they do have Oscar Macias, who is a loney from Chivas. He's a player that was doing really well at Tapatio, so I'm really disappointed they loaned him out to Juarez. I, I was kind of hoping he would play for Chivas. Um, Iker? He, he's like a midfielder. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Tijuana they, beats... They, they huh? <laughs> <laughs> I said they striker. Yeah. Uh, Tijuana beat Santos 2-1, took stoppage time to beat them, penalty kick. And uh, Santos, um, they just lost right now to Seattle Sounders in the League's Cup. So they're eliminated. So that is a painful defeat for Santos. Not a good week for them. You said it was Ridas that injected them. Yep. He was one of my favorite players. I, I was surprised that. No other Liga team tried to retain him, but I think he wanted to come to live over here. So they, there probably was offers. I just think he he wanted to move his family to to the U.S. I'm so you know that's the kind of player that usually gets poached by like America. You know what I mean? Like a striker. Oh yeah, well, I mean a lot of teams. Cause yeah, he's, he will score some golazos, man. This uh-huh. guy. Especially with Morelia, I know he did such a great job there. I'm surprised that he didn't stay in Liga Mekis. Um You know, it's kind of like when Cabañas was killing it at Juarez and then, you know, America came in and said, we'll take that, thank you. Same thing with Wuoso. You know, I just feel like America always poaches all these, like, really good strikers within the league. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they lose to uh, Seattle Sounders in this League's Cup, which is a reincarnation of basically the Super Liga. You know, this uh, joint effort between Liga Mekis and, and MLS to try and make make shit happen. Um, the other semifinalists will be tomorrow, Leon and Pumas. So <laughs> Okay, so there, there will be one Mexican team in the final. There will be one Mexican team in the final, but you definitely don't want Pumas. <laughs> <laughs> How did they get that far? I have uh, to wonder. They... I can't even... 
they beat uh, New York City on penalties in in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah, Leon. Again, this Leon has a McCarthy coach, and man, these guys love winning these cups. <laughs> That's the one thing I give them credit. It could be a it could be a Molero Cup, but they they go all out, and uh, I know he wants his he wants his first trophy at at Leon, especially because he started with the defeat. His first game was mm-hmm. a cup game. It's like a super cup or something yeah, like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but I know he's he's gonna want it. So I do cause I do see him throwing the uh, the proverbial toda la carne al asador to uh, come out with the yeah. With and yeah, Lee Leini already talked about leading up to this cup that hey, you know, we have other priorities. Um, you know this this league's cup. <laughs> This this league's cup is not you know something that you know it's it's fun to compete in but it's not necessarily like you know so yeah he basically admitted like he doesn't he doesn't care about tomorrow's match and no, uh, I, you know what and that's that's sort of like contradicts me with the whole RG coaches like playing for these Molero cups because uh, Olan and Iliani are both RGs but I think I think you know the difference being that Pumas is just a thin. You know, they stretch thin. They're yeah. Doing like shit. They just can't. He, you know, he, he can't afford to to keep doing so bad in the league. He knows at the end of the day, that's what's going to be prioritized more. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes uh, tomorrow for Pumas and Leon. Uh, the winner of that will play Seattle Santos in the final, which will be next Wednesday on the 22nd. Uh, back to Liga Mekis scores. So Santos with that defeat are still in sixth place. And then you had Atlas beat Monterrey 2 1. It's a big victory for them. Atlas in fifth position. Man, the little brother's doing better than us right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I expected them sooner or later to. I mean, it's it's uh, Orlegi, Grupo Orlegi. That I was about to say, them. they own uh, Atlas and Santos. But they don't, I don't know if they own Atlas because but... I believe Tebasteca still has a stake. Oh. I know they're managing them. And, I, and I'm pretty sure one of the big things is player development because now they have two, you know. Two Wikipedia says can. that they, it's Orlegi. That they own them? Yeah. I thought they were stick up. Maybe their majority? I don't know, man. Let me ask the internet. <laughs> but, I mean, Grupo Legi showed, you know, they definitely showed that they know what's up with Santos, just how they turned that club around and how they're competing for honors pretty much every three, four years. They have a team that's competing for the league title. Uh, it says so. Mexican sports company Grupo Orlegi has reached a deal to acquire a Guadalajara-based soccer team Atlas from broadcaster TV Azteca. Uh, it says that in a statement under the terms of the deal, the broadcaster will obtain a 33% equity stake in a unit of Orlegi. Okay, so they, 
Or like he owns the majority and then the state car has like Yeah, like a third you know, a third of, of it. It's like we we need to keep uh we need to keep what is it? Uh having them on the T V station. Yeah. Yeah, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the States, at least, Santos games are broadcasted on Fox Sports. Yeah, and that's that's one of the big, that's one of the, that's one of the things that I think, uh, what was it, Grupo Pachuca, Grupo Legui, some of the Monterrey teams where they were trying to acquire Fox Sports and then have all their teams playing under the same under the same station. And I don't I don't know what happened there. But that oh. would have been interesting. And I do think we will eventually see something because of just of streaming and, and all that stuff. I do think eventually we'll see uh, a Mexican league where that televisoras don't hold as much uh, sway as they once did. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. It's, eventually, we'll see something where it's, uh, you know, just how Netflix came up and all that stuff. So it's yeah. something like that's bound to happen, and, and people are just gonna go to the streaming. So we talked about that. We talked about America. First place, 20 points, beat Mazatlan 2-0. And they are just cruising, man, with Santiago Solari as coach. They are the best team in the league. Do you think they're favorites to win the league? I I, I never do like favorites just because the Mexican league has, um, you know, they have Liguilla in that. That throws predictions, you know. Out if the it window. Was just, yeah. If it was just on points, I would say, yeah, I, I do. I would put them there. Uh, they were on a tear last season, and they've maintained. Uh, but but I would say they are one of the, like if you had like top four contenders to win it. Yeah. They're definitely there, yeah. I am definitely not looking forward to the Super Clásico two weekends (laughs) from now. Yeah, hopefully Vega is, you know, that's that's what Chivas is hoping on. Is is he going to be match fit? Yeah. If I was him, I'd probably skip that match. (laughs) Not only just because, you know, it's... It might be pretty lopsided, but you know, coming off of an injury, sprained ankle, and we already know these games are very intense, very aggressive. I mean, we all saw what El Pollo Brisueño did to Giovanni's thigh, left like two big holes in there. Wait, and... wait, wait now you mentioned Giovanni. What happened? Where is Gio? I, I know you know what? To let him go. And you know what's what funny? I was just looking him up. Like, what happened to Gio? He hasn't. He hasn't been playing. He has no team right now. And the latest rumor is that he's going back to Spain, playing for Zaragoza. Oh, but that's just okay. the rumor. That's not even, you know. And they're in the second division, dog. They're not even the first division. So. I mean, this is bad. 
You're telling me no team in Mexico wants to get a free agent? Giovanni? Yeah, I just, I think when you get a bad rep, or it's it's just hard, you know. And then, and then also, I think his wages, I think he was asking for too much money. Crazy, 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 crazy. This guy played for Barcelona, man, at one point. Yeah, and Tottenham and... What have, what happened to Bojan? Because I feel like he was the guy that he was trying to fight Bojan for. Bojan Kirk. This dude's, also, he just... I, this is playing at Vissel yeah. Kobe. <laughs> That's in Japan, man. He's in Japan right now. What? That's crazy. But you remember, like, it was Gio versus Bojan, you know, and they picked Bojan in the end. And Gio went to uh, he went to Spurs. Yeah, he didn't want to wait. He wanted. Um, he felt he should be playing first team. I don't know if that was. I, there was talk that his dad was like misleading him, like just, you know, at one point. Mm. And so I think that was probably one of his mistakes leaving. Yeah. Definitely. And bad luck too. Bad luck too because he went to Spurs because I think I don't know if it was Rafa Benitez, but there's a Spanish coach that took him, and then that guy only lasted like a month. I know. And then a new a new coach came in and just just erased him. Harry Redknapp. And, uh, it, yeah, he. he and just, it's crazy because uh, he just went. He said he warned him to stay away from nightclubs. And revealed that he was often late for trainings on Mondays. Oh. All right, so then they wasn't the coach. Uh, this guy was a party animal, dude. Yeah, I, I guess he just didn't have the same patience that Benitez would have. So I don't, I don't really blame him. And it was crazy because when they presented, when they presented Gio, the guy being presented next to Gio, Luca Modric. Really? Yeah, so it's interesting to see how their careers, you know, ended up. Uh... He was named in the long list for Ballon de Oro in 2016. What the hell? <laughs> that is crazy. Wow. Fun fact. So, yeah, I mean, Gio's got a, he's a free agent right now. Um, damn, that's crazy. Too much partying. Get it, that old beats Nekaxa 3 0. Pablo Barrera still playing. I don't know why. I thought he was like retired, but nice. No, he's, he's still out there. He's still playing. Me too. He was so good at one point. I remember. Um, that's, that's, gonna, that's gonna be trophies, man. You're gonna be reading uh, the results of like. You know who's also still playing? For- Pina Arellano. Oh yeah, man. But you know, poor Pina is he's like made of porcelain and he suffered too many too many injuries. But man, at one point He's actually um he was at Querétaro and uh, now he's playing in uh the crickets of Oaxaca. Or grasshoppers, sorry, grasshoppers. Oh, that's a, that's an actual team. 
thought you were playing. Um, is that what league is that? Is that like? It's the uh, third division. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Um, but that guy was very talented. He scored some golazos. I was seeing a goal he scored against a Brazilian team. Oh man, that's beautiful. I forgot which one, but it was at like a hard angle, and it was just his run because he was so fast. And that's what made him score that golazo because he cut to the ball way before the defender could close the angle on him. But he was like, he came out around the same time as Chicharro, but yeah. for a short while, he was like all the spotlights were on him. He was lightning in a bottle, man, and it, it was short-lived. But uh, I I do appreciate yeah. those those goals that he scored for Chivas, especially, especially in Libertadores, man. I mean, that goal he scored was incredible, man. Atletico Paranarense. Paranarense. Oh, that's the one. It was. So that was Querétaro. So they are currently in 15th position. Necaxa in Repechaje, 11th position. I'm sure that's happy. That's good news for... uh, Eva Longoria and Mezutasil and uh, Verlander, all these, all these uh, people that have invested in Necaxa, <laughs> they're having a better season than last. I'll tell you that. Then to end match week eight, Pachuca lost to Toluca, two one. That leaves Toluca in second position, seventeen points for Toluca. Yeah. Is Cristante still the coach? Man. He's turned... Yeah, yeah. He came back and he turned it around. Good for them. And that concludes match week eight. We're gonna have some interesting matches this weekend. Toluca and America will play each other, so first versus second. That's definitely gonna probably gonna be the match of the week. And uh Monterrey Tigres, that should be fun. And uh, Chivas will play Pachuca, so not very confident about this one. <laughs> They're at home. Yeah. Well, that pretty much concludes episode 302 of Cantina MX Football Podcast. Do you have any closing thoughts before we tie a bow on this thing? Oh, no, sir. I'm pretty... Pretty much said. Don't we have uh, is it doble jornada? It's in their games on Thursday. Uh there's a game on Thursday. Atlético San Luis and Tijuana. Yeah. Oh, but not doble jornada. It's no, like it's just a, up, yeah. Make up. All right, all right. I thought I thought a big doble jornada, but no. I, I'm still keeping the faith. I'm keeping the faith in Chivas. Well, you're one of the few. Everybody's pretty much given up on this season, but <laughs> the good news is there's 12 spots, and I'm sure Chivas are guaranteed to get one of those 12 spots, and uh, that's all you need to make a run at it in the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, see? Well, thank everyone for joining us tonight, and we will catch you next week. Peace.